0: It was so long ago but it's all coming back to
1: me I'm Eric Drews broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin And we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean out in Eau Claire Oh man, what a game that we saw yesterday at AT AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas Where the Green Bay Packers do something that's only been done one other time In the history of their 93 years as a franchise And that's come from 23 points down in the second half to win. And they defeated the Dallas Cowboys 37-36. to A lot went on in that game. Hopefully we'll get a chance to touch upon most of it. Uh, Matt, I gotta bring you in here, and I know we communicated almost the entire second half. Uh, it felt like play after play at times, but the one thing I was trying to think uh, today about what would be a way to summarize how I feel about this one, and there's a lot of different things going on, but after the month-plus that we've had as fans since Aaron Rodgers get hurt, got hurt. Yesterday reminded me why I sat through all of those games and why you sit there when your team stinks and you watch anyways, because sometimes you get this once-in-a-30-year type of game that you get to watch, it completely blindsides you and comes out of nowhere, and it reminds you how much fun it is to be an invested fan of a team in the NFL.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I was I was physically not feeling well after the game yesterday. I was just so into it. And like you said, we were texting the whole time. And and even as they started to creep back into it, I mean, it still just felt like they didn't have a chance. And after they missed the two-point conversion, I think we both kind of thought they were screwed. Mm-hmm. Um, but to somehow come out of that game with a win, with the circumstances um, and in the fashion that it happened, you're right. I mean, that's it's as good of a win at least in my opinion, since the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely the first game that I've been that emotionally invested in since that time, too. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's made the last, you know, five weeks or so kind of worth it here. And now, all of a sudden, we still find ourselves alive. And if the Lions lose tonight, we control our own destiny. So Mm -hmm. I'm kind of going into yesterday's game. I was kind of, eh. And even after they started, Dallas started scoring, it was just kind of like whatever. You know, I didn't think they had a chance anyways. But, you know, as... After this, now I'm completely invested again, I'm completely back into it, and that game just shot me right back into Packer mode.
1: Oh, absolutely, and even if nothing happens from this point on, this season is defined forever by yesterday. Yeah. And and Matt Flynn's career is going to be defined by that And, you know, it's something that Mike McCarthy can hang his hat on When people say he's not a very good coach without Aaron Rodgers I mean, there was a lot of things yesterday Granted, it's also going to define this entire era of Dallas Cowboys football, I think, yep. as well um, and, and maybe we'll get in that uh, It's funny that you mentioned how you felt physically ill, you know, during the game or whatever I am so sore today Now, not only, I'm not the world's greatest athlete or anything, but I felt like I ran a marathon uh, just by, uh, you know, how much I was jumping up and down and pacing and, and stuff like that. I probably got quite a workout in the last uh, half hour of that game.
0: Yeah, my legs were kind of numb. I had, like, constant goosebumps, and and I, I was, like, getting super lightheaded, like, towards the end of the game, and then I just couldn't wind down afterwards either. I mean, I was just so pumped up, and, yeah, I was running around, I was standing on tables and stuff, and... <laughs> Super intense, but I love that I mean, that's the reason you love sports I mean, that was perfect theater yesterday
1: Absolutely Alright, so let's delve into this game in detail And it's, you know, it's hard to even begin uh, To think of where to begin uh, Once you're trying to decide who deserves blame And who deserves praise Because everybody deserves all of it After mm-hmm. a game like this But let's just start with How improbable it was That this team was going to come back And Not only have the Packers been kind of the team that people come back on, as opposed to the resilient team that's able to come back, but I can't think off the top of my head of a more improbable uh, comeback, because most of these times when you see these teams come roaring back like the Lions or like the Colts did on the Packers last year, it's because of weird things like turnovers or just stall drives or missed field goals or things like that, the Packers could do absolutely nothing on offense. They couldn't even get first downs. They had a 30, what, a 39 yard gain to James Jones and still only had 32 yards of offense in the first half. And, just how, Completely pathetic they were in the first half, and then all of a sudden they flip a switch, and they go from being like the 1995 Tampa Bay Bucks into the 98 Vikings over the course of a 12-minute break.
0: Well, and that's one of the things I was getting most frustrated with in the first half is... I know Flynn's probably not 100% or whatever. I mean, people have discussed that, but I mean, we've seen him do it before. I know he can throw more than a five yard check down. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like after that first pass to Jones, they said, whoa, 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 that's enough. (laughs) Let's, let's, let's take in the reins here a little bit. Like that was just a little bit too much for him. Mm -hmm. And they just seemed to want to play so conservative. And that's what we've seen over the last, you know, six weeks and even into when Rodgers was playing too. It it was frustrating at times in first halves just how uber conservative they were being. and then I think the thing that was frustrating me the most was we knew we were playing against a defense that could be exposed, mm-hmm. but yet on third and eights they were throwing two yard outs to Corliss and um, you know not even really giving it a chance, and all of a sudden you find yourself in the hole. Um, and I don't know why it took so long for them to make that halftime adjust- adjustment, if that is even what happened, mm-hmm. or if something clicked for Flynn, or what exactly happened, but something had to have happened, because that's complete night and day. You see probably the worst offense in the NFL in the first half, and then... A juggernaut, a team that you couldn't even recognize. You know, realize that Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing; it was yeah. Matt Flynn back there in the second half. So, I yeah, I don't know what happened, but there was clearly something that that struck McCarthy or Flynn and and got them going.
1: Well, and what's so confusing about that is they've done this in all or three of the four games that Matt Flynn has had significant playing time in. Mm-hmm. They've come back from way down against the Vikings, uh, Atlanta. They were down by eleven at the half and. Uh Yesterday they were down obviously by 23 at the half They're the only two victories where they've trailed by 10 points at the half uh Since Aaron Rodgers became the quarterback And both of them have happened in the last two weeks And so they just have come roaring back a bunch of times And I don't know if it's because they can't afford to be conservative anymore If Matt Flynn stops being so cautious Which appears to be his problem early in games Is that he's just not willing to take any kind of chance at all and, and the way he plays is almost as if he thinks that throwing the ball at all is an unnecessary risk, of uh, the way he takes sacks and things like that. But once they throw caution to the wind, uh, not necessarily against Atlanta, but certainly yesterday and certainly against the Vikings, they're moving the ball up and down the field like it's not challenging at all, like you said, like Aaron Rodgers is in the game. Um, right. It's confusing why it takes so long for them to commit to it, Uh, Maybe, I don't know, maybe Matt Flynn, you know, just needs to be in that kind of hole for him to stop uh, thinking about not making mistakes and start thinking about making plays.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, against a defense like that, you know that you're going to have to keep up because we mm-hmm. we knew going into the game we weren't going to be able to stop Des Bryant, and that ended up being true. We couldn't stop Demarco Murray, and that definitely ended up being true. Mm-hmm. So you know you're going to have to keep up with that offense. So I guess I don't understand how you come out that conservative if that's a coach's call or if that's just Flynn, you know, holding the ball too much. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I I have no explanation for why they had that mindset, but it seems to definitely have switched. I. Hopefully that carries into when Rodgers is playing, too. I miss them slinging around the ball. Even in, in, going back to that Ravens and Browns game where Rodgers was still playing, it was kind of the same thing. So it kind of leads me to believe it's maybe more of a coaching thing, even.
1: Yeah, and honestly, they've kind of played that way the last couple of years, and yeah. they were that way last year, and the only difference is is that last year they were by far the best team in the NFL in the red zone, and this year they've been you know below average in that category, except yesterday they were 5-for-5 five five in the red zone. <laughs> But the defense also was atrocious in the first half They gave up 192 yards of offense in the first quarter Uh, After seeing that and expecting the Packers to lose I was just like, well let's get Dom out of here in a blaze of glory And have him get 800 yards of offense in this game But they also gave up 332 yards of offense in the first half, which is more than any Cowboys team in history. Uh, I know you don't have to be an NFL historian to realize that the Dallas Cowboys have not had troubles finding offensive firepower in their 50 years. Uh, they've had, their down years have guys like Danny White and Pro Bowl, and Tony Romo right now, their down years have Pro Bowl quarterbacks. So, you know, to set those kind of records is ridiculous. DeMarco Murray was unstoppable. The only thing that stopped him was Jason Garrett for some reason deciding not to use him. Yeah. But, having said all that, the Packers' defense allowed this comeback to happen in the first half by making Dallas settle for four field goals on six very productive drives. Mm-hmm. They could have been down 42-3 at halftime. Um, obviously nobody's coming back from that. But 26-3 to 3 is a different story, and they obviously proved that.
0: Right, and they were obviously bad in the first half, but I'd, as I mentioned yesterday to you, is I, f- I feel bad for them. They don't look good, but they're on the field the entire first mm-hmm. half. So they really did kind of get their backs against the wall a lot. Our offense did nothing to help them out. And although they gave up a ton of yards per rush and... Gave up some big plays to Des Bryant. I mean, they didn't break a ton. It's, it's hard to say that when they <laughs> give up so many points over the course of a whole game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in comparison to what it could have been, I, they played better than maybe they have in the last few weeks. I guess so. Mm-hmm. They, they at least made some plays to make up for some of the yards they gave up.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and obviously making even bigger plays in the second half. Mm-hmm. But but then the other one of that first half that you think about being crucial. Mason Crosby drilling a 57-yard field goal in a game that ends up being won by one point. Yeah, I I
0: couldn't believe he hit that, but yeah, that was that was definitely huge, and that's kind of forgotten after the wild second half. And I kind of forgot about it until you brought it up. But obviously, yeah, that was massive and a huge kick. Mm
1: Mhm. Yeah. So everybody kind of obviously you don't say they're pulling their weight when they're down 23 or 26 to three at the half, but certainly they laid the framework for a once in a 30-year. Comeback for the team yeah. And I I don't know about you, but I found Myself watching the highlights And and looking through articles and things like that Just The nature of a comeback Of this nature is that Every single one of those plays had to happen The way they happened Mm -hmm. And they all did And usually it's the opposite for this team So I guess I'm still even in disbelief A little bit that this has happened In a game involving the Packers Where we actually get to win
0: yeah, I know I can't I can't believe it either. Still, and and toward, I mean I was so skeptical in the second half. Even when they started getting really really close, it was still like something's gonna happen. I mean this team just doesn't do this ever. Mm-hmm. And I mean luckily maybe they were playing against Tony Romo and the Cowboys, <laughs> but I just couldn't imagine you know three straight drives one got taken away, but with him throwing an interception mm-hmm. and. You know, just the things bouncing the right way. Um, yeah, it's it seemed improbable, and I can't, I still can't fathom it. I, w- I want to watch the game over again just to <laughs> soak it in a little bit more, just because it still kind of feels like a blur.
1: Yeah, and I'm almost 100% sure that it'll be the iTunes Game of the Week, so Mm -hmm. any Packer fans, if you go on iTunes, and I think if you would type in, like, NFL Games of the Year 2013, there's one game a week that they select uh, that you can buy on iTunes for, I think, $2.99, and usually it's the best game of the year, so... Actually, the Packers have a ridiculous losing streak in these games of the year. If I've been buying some of them just for posterity's sake, but we got the Bengals' one on there, the Niners' one on there, last year's game against the Vikings, last year's game against the Colts, and against the, um, I forget, one other one that they lost. <laughs> so it's nice to have them have one on there that uh, they actually win.
0: Well, I mean, that really speaks to what you were saying, is it just doesn't seem like this team is on the right side of that often. I mean, look at some of the... If you watch NFL Network and they have those, I forget what they call America's game, or not America's game, but where they, the NFL replay mm-hmm, games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they show the, uh, you know, Super Bowl 32. they show the Terrell Owens catch game, they show the, the Philadelphia game in 03, the divisional round. <laughs> There's just all these games that we're in and we're always on the wrong side of it. So it's nice to have a legendary game that we can kind of look back fondly on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as opposed to some of the, like, the Giants game in 07. I mean, there's just countless of these. The Arizona wild card game. Um, and there's just so many of these, and finally we get a good one.
1: Yeah, and I was trying to put this kind of, uh, rank it in my head as I was thinking about it after the game yesterday. And I was hard-pressed to think of any Packer game, maybe even including the Super Bowl wins, where I was happier to have seen them won at the end. And it's on a one-hand kind of list. And I... I don't know, maybe you can think of one, but I can't even think of one outside of Super Bowl 45 and maybe the the NFC title game against the Bears where I was that pumped when the game was over and they had won.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the games on that Super Bowl run are all kind of ahead of it for me just because of what it meant, but... Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, other than that, I can't
1: think of much. Regular I mean, season, I can't think of anything. Regular season,
0: clothes. yeah, I think this takes the cake for me. I guess you would have to exclude the playoff games because obviously that means a little bit more. But, yeah. I mean, this was basically a playoff elimination game for the Packers. So sure. as far as uh, regular season games go, no, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. The The Brett Favre game on my birthday a few years ago.
1: Yeah, uh, I was just when, thinking that, too. When
0: they beat the Vikings. But But I still think this one's ahead of that. That was huge, but I think that this one might have been a little better, even.
1: Yeah, I think the only one that really rivals it for me, and that one where they beat Favre the first time I think was awesome, obviously, mm-hmm. and it was such a relief, but at that point the Packers were so beat up, they were 3-3, three and three, it didn't feel like they were going anywhere, and neither did the Vikings, so it sure. didn't feel that important. To me, the second one, where they went to the metronome and they crushed the Vikings, mm-hmm. I remember at the beginning of that game, I had never been so nervous for a Packer game, and I never wanted the Packers to win more than that game, just because... I knew how me- much it meant to Aaron, and that if they won this game, then the Brett versus Aaron stuff is gone forever because right. they're two and two head to head, and nobody cares that they ever even played each other. And I think largely people have forgotten that debate yep. has gone away because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this one is certainly right up there, and um, I, I guess. The thing I want to ask you, and I won't even try to put any kind of qualifiers on it, I'll just ask you right out and see where you take this. Which of these is more true? The Packers won the game, or the Cowboys lost the game?
0: That's really tough, because I think it's close. Um, man... I would love to say the Packers won it, because I think they definitely did. I mean, they made some huge plays, but at the same time, it seemed like the Cowboys did everything they could to give it away <laughs> to... Um, I'm going to, I guess just because of how positive I'm feeling, I'm going to say the Packers (laughs) won it. But it's it's by a slim margin because both of those comments are true. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think when you look at they started getting the pass rush in the second half, they made three incredible plays on the ball, two of them ended up being interceptions. And, I mean, they were fantastic interceptions. They're both some of the best I've seen in a while.
1: And arguably Um, three interceptions that were spectacular. (laughs) Right,
0: right. Um, I I think just because they made the plays... Although Dallas was bad and helped them make the plays, I still think that the fact that they went out there and made the big plays that they had to make, I, I think you give the winning team a little bit more credit than the losing team.
1: I, I like that uh, that positive attitude. Unfortunately, me being me, I don't know if I necessarily agree. And I, I agree with you in that if we are have blame points and we have 100 of them, it's 51-49. I yeah. think Dallas maybe more blame for the loss than Pac- the Packers get blamed for the victory. They're all so close, and the play that obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously, but to me, defines the game is that Sam Shields interception, where Tony Romo, for some reason, is Tony Romo, and he audibles right out of the, a run play on second and six. DeMarco Murray, by the way, had 134 yards on 18 carries. That's 7.4 yards an attempt. Uh, the Cowboys, for some reason, despite that, uh, ran the ball 18 times in the game and passed it 51 um, leading most of the game yeah Yeah, I mean and that's I think what I can't get over is the fact that if they just would have ran the ball they probably would have won you know 35 to 14 or or something like that because the Packers could not stop DeMarco Murray no matter what they tried and Their pass rush is good enough, and they have enough playmakers on defense if you give them enough chances that they're going to get one or two. And just thinking about that second and six, if they would have just run the ball, they might have broke free on the outside, they might have got no yards, but they would have taken some time off the clock. Instead, Clay Matthews, being Clay Matthews, is overly aggressive, it works out, Tony Romo eludes him, but he disrupts him enough to screw up the timing to when he tries to go back to Miles Austin, it gives Sam Shields the extra inch he needs to make a fingertip diving interception. And outstanding plays on the part of Clay Matthews and uh, Sam Shields, don't get me wrong, but they don't even have a chance to make those plays if Dallas wasn't just so stupid. Right. I'll give him the credit because that's what it happened and there still, you know, was a fingertip away from Miles Austin being gone for an eighty yard touchdown. So that's still a big play on the Packers part, but gosh, it's so much fun being a Packers fan and I'm proud of the pride that they showed yesterday, but I can't imagine what it's like being a Dallas Cowboy fan, not only because of what happened yesterday, but how this has happened repeatedly for about three years.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing that blew me away today when I was listening to, to more sports talk and stuff as I was driving kind of a lot today. But it seemed like even still nobody was putting any blame on Tony Romo. I mean, they were blaming the play calling, which, yes, that was bad. You need to run more in the second half. I think they they threw more times than the Packers, and the Packers were trying to make a comeback in the second yeah. half. Um, and the Packers ran more than they did as they were trying to run the clock out. And, yes, their defense is terrible, but we knew that. And the Cowboys are always pass-heavy. I mean, that's just the way they are. It's kind of like Andy Reid. No matter what, they're just going to keep trying to throw it. Mm -hmm. But Tony Romo somehow is eluding criticism, it seemed (laughs) like, in the most part today. From what I heard, people were blaming everything else. But, I mean, this guy just collapses in the most outstanding fashion every single time, it seems like, the pressure's on. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just one bad interception. He threw three of them. Mm -hmm. And... I, I don't compl- I don't understand how you don't cut ties with a guy like that who's proven time and time and time and time again you can talk about you know whatever you want to his December record is terrible every time he has a game like this he chokes it away somehow mm-hmm. and it, it's it's a tr- it's not just a you know a random thing where it, it's a trend and it happens in the most spectacular fashion and i <laughs> I don't know how you don't. Keep, I don't know how you keep him around as a Cowboys. You know, Jerry Jones. I, he's made money. I don't know what he did to make all of his money to buy a team, but I imagine he had to be pretty cutthroat. And I don't know how you put up with a guy who just does this to you over and over again. They they always seem to defend him. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been a Tony Romo defender, but at this point, I don't know how you can be. I mean, the guy every time he gets in a situation like this just completely falls apart.
1: Yeah, and I'm not sure. it... There's a number of things that you mentioned there that I want to touch on. First, with the Tony Romo blame thing, he certainly is getting some of it, but ESPN kind of controls the, you know, the talking points of yeah. sports. And it feels like they so often will just, I don't know, they'll build up some kind of talking point, but then to sound balanced, they'll overly correct in the other direction. Yeah. And I feel like they've done that a lot with Tony Romo. Like, they'll come out right away and be like, oh man, they're going to blame Romo. What about the coaching staff? And it's like, yep, probably right. Favre made a lot of mistakes, but if you look at most of his bad playoff games, like, the throw against the Giants in the NFC Championship game was just a horrible throw. I mean, he just made a bad throw. Tony Romo did not have to throw the ball at all on that Sam Shields one, and that's the one that lost him the game. Um, He's had this time and time again, and it happens all the time against everybody, and I agree with you. I was thinking of that today. I'm like, certainly you got to get rid of Jason Garrett. He's not the, you know, boy wonder or man wonder or whatever the heck they, <laughs> they said he was going to be when he came in. But it almost seems like Jerry Jones, because his reputation for just chewing guys up and spitting them out at the quarterback position, at the head coaching uh position, that he's almost just to prove that he's a loyal guy, that he's going to stick with these these guys just to prove everybody wrong who said he was a cutthroat idiot for getting rid of Jimmy Johnson and getting rid of Barry Switzer and running Bill Parcells out of town and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I, you, you've got to be right, because I, there's no way a personality like that puts up with this.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or he's older. just old and he doesn't care to work that hard anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if they make the playoffs, I mean, maybe... Maybe some people stick around, but I would imagine they'll lose in the first round, and I think it'll still probably turn out the same for Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll probably bring somebody else in there. But, yeah, I mean, it, it really appears that you've got a quarterback who's in no way, shape, or form going to win you four playoff games or yeah. in, you know, in big settings.
1: So he can't at even point, win you four games when you have a stranglehold on the division. Right. He can't I mean, even get to the point where he loses a playoff game.
0: And. You know, say what you will about all the bad quarterbacks in the NFL, but Matt Flynn didn't throw two straight interceptions yesterday at the end of the yeah. game. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, there's a point of, you know, not being very good, and there's a point of just completely collapsing, and that's mm-hmm. what he always seems to do.
1: Yeah, and and collapsing in a time when y- he really doesn't have to do anything. If he stands right. still, he wins the game. You know, it's, it's not like the Aaron Rodgers, you know, come from in front losses, I guess, where he just gets sacked a bunch, or he doesn't make a decision. He's doing, a lot of times, what Tony Romo should be doing. And it's almost like the the T.J. Rubley thing, or like the Brett Favre interception against New Orleans. If you do nothing, nothing bad can happen. Yeah, And he just can't help himself, it seems like. Uh, but enough on the Cowboys. Uh, they're 7-7 seven and seven now, and hopefully falling out of the, the playoff rate. Well, actually, I don't I, I, don't th- I
0: think they still lead the division is right now.
1: Uh Well, the, both of them and Philadelphia both control their own destiny. Okay. They
0: they, pl- they must play each other again then.
1: Yep, and uh Dallas has already beat Philadelphia. So Philadelphia is a game ahead, but Dallas would get it back and the tiebreaker if they beat them okay. on the last game of the season. So I'm sure Tony Romo will have a chance to lose another pseudo-playoff game on Sunday Night Football to close the season. hmm Uh, For the third straight year Some statistics for the Packers in the second half If we want to just uh, mention these real quick Maybe I mentioned these already Five touchdowns on five straight possessions to start the second half Matt Flynn, 16 of 22 for 182 yards Four touchdowns, no picks in the second half That's a 136.7 quarterback rating Eddie Lacy, 110 rushing yards in the second half Um, Who would have thought that these two guys... And, I don't know, Eddie Lacey's been phenomenal all year, and one of the funny things is, this is our 50th episode, which I almost forgot to mention. I was gonna go back and manipulate some of your things that you said (laughs) to just kinda make fun of you again. But I went back to our season preview, and we both had to give a bold prediction for the Packers' season. My bold prediction was Aaron Rodgers was going to get injured and not play 16 games, and your bold prediction was Eddie Lacy was going to run for a 1,000 yards. And so I was so proud of us that I decided to just let us uh, stand for what we actually did say. Um, But what are your comments, I guess, both on, on Lacy and, I guess, the strange day of Matt Flynn being the worst quarterback I've ever seen, followed by maybe the best quarterback I've ever seen in two different halves.
0: Yeah, I mean when he did throw in the first half, it was just atrocious. I mean they were so bad, and we were talking about how you know how has Tolzien not in the game yet? And you made yeah. a comment that was funny. I won't say on air, but. Um, <laughs> But you, you go from the I, – I can't even still – can't even fathom how that's even possible. But, yeah, I mean, Eddie Lacy was just a force there, and I didn't realize he had that many yards in mm-hmm. the second half either yet until you mm-hmm. just said that. But it's improbable. I mean, how does that happen? Um, I mean, it was super impressive. Our receivers made plays. Jordy Nelson had that incredible touchdown that he stole away that shouldn't have been a touchdown oh, yeah. at all. Um, James Jones made a nice touchdown catch. Corliss had another really nice game.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Boykin so, – Boykin looks Boykin really
0: looked good. Like a he looked like Donald Driver. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it was kind of what we've been lacking the last—I would, say, maybe even last week still—but the last five weeks or so, the, our stars making plays, and even the other players around him, the role players making plays. Mm-hmm. It seemed like everybody came out in the second half. Clay, Ma- Clay Matthews played well. Tremont Williams played awesome. Sam Shields made another huge play. Morgan Burnett even played very well, um, and then all of our offensive weapons played outstanding. So. Mm-hmm. I think it was kind of the perfect storm of, yeah, Flynn and Lacey played well, but it seemed like for, for some reason something clicked and every single player turned it on in the second half. Um, so, yeah, it completely improbable, but uh, just both Flynn and Lacey just completely carrying the teams on their back. It was awesome.
1: It Yeah, it, it was so – it was great to see everybody get involved. Even Micah Hyde with a 26-yard punt return to set yeah. him up for another thing. I mean, everybody did everything. I don't know if you were reading any of the articles, you know, about the game stories or, or recaps or anything, but uh, Jason Wildy, who's a great writer for uh, ESPN Milwaukee, actually had a really awesome article where he talked about Josh Sitton and how he was ready to give up after the Dez Bryant touchdown to put Dallas up 36 to 24 with about seven minutes left. He's like, "Well, this game is over," and he was ready to just you know hang his head and say we tried to get back in it at least we didn't get embarrassed and Matt Flynn comes over and he just says hey just believe man just believe <laughs> and it was kind of i don't know and I don't know enough about how Aaron Rodgers conducts himself on the sidelines and I don't want to get into a him versus you know Rodgers Flynn thing but I joked about this, uh, we've joked about this on the show, and I was joking about this with you yesterday, where it seems like Matt Flynn exists just to make Aaron Rodgers look bad. He had the huge game that broke records for the Packers, that Aaron Rodgers needed two seasons to to tie each one of them, couldn't surpass either of them, and now the one thing, the only hole in Aaron Rodgers' game is his uh, seeming uh, lack of comebacks, not seeming, it is, he... He has not come back. I was almost going to say his seemingly lack of ability to come back, but I'm not going to go that far. He just hasn't done it. And Flynn's done it three of the last four weeks, from double digits down in the second half. And one, two of them tied the other one. And I don't know if it's a mentality of he's got nothing to lose or or what it is, but there's just something about this team when it, Maybe it's the underdog factor, that when Flynn is in there, everybody steps up. And when the game is close, they play harder, and they play tougher, and they make good plays. Andrew Corliss making plays he doesn't usually make, and Boykin just looking ridiculously good. And I don't know how to explain it, but there is just something about that team the last couple of weeks where it's just, maybe it's the rise up and rally around Flynn, but it's just it's just different. And I wish they could bottle that and keep some for when Aaron Rodgers needed it, because he certainly deserves it.
0: Well, yeah, but that might be, you know, you said his his biggest hole is his lack of a comeback, but kind of some other things that we've heard is maybe his other hole is his lack of being, you know, that kind of rah-rah guy, that leader. Mm-hmm. Um, so like what you said about Flynn on the sidelines, I almost can't picture Rogers doing something like that. I just yeah. kind of see him sitting there looking at the pictures a little bit. but
1: Yeah, he is more cerebral where he's like, right. let's just do your thing, get to your spot, and we'll make it work because we're pros.
0: Yeah, so maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, we've heard guys who have left that have said you know, maybe they wish he was more of that guy, and maybe he needs to be, who knows, I mean, it's not him, so you don't want to force it, or you kind of sound like a doofus like Eli Manning <laughs> when he tries to do it, Sure. but, but I, I mean, I think there's definitely something to that, and I, I think it's, I think it is the guys knowing that they have to step up without Rodgers, too, I think it's probably a little bit of both, but, sure. yeah, if we can get that kind of effort on with the rest of the guys when Rodgers is in there, too, they're going to be unstoppable, but I, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine the defense, uh, playing well enough down the stretch to make it even worth our while, but.
1: Yeah, and, and they did do that in the playoffs back when they won, went to the Super right. Bowl, cause, I mean, as much as Aaron Rodgers was great that entire playoff run, they won two games scoring only 21 points. So, mm-hmm. they needed those late game heroics and they needed those guys to kind of rally around Rodgers, particularly that Chicago game. So, I don't know, yep. maybe it's just now that he's, you know, the face of the NFL, or one of the Mount Rushmore guys for the NFL, that you know maybe it's harder to, to rally around that kind of guy if he's, you know, Peyton Manning's had a lot of comebacks too, but you know, and a lot of those kind of you, you you feel like they're kind of similar players where they're they're not that fiery. They're just do your job. You know where where to go. Let's just do it and. Uh, I don't know, but... Yeah, they're only
0: fiery when they're pissed off at, oh. at guys, too. Brady's kind of the same way.
1: Yeah, exactly, and he's had uh, tons... Of, their Patriots have been ridiculously down to the wire every single game this year, so... Um, but, anyways, I'm not saying that Flynn's better than Rodgers by any means. I'm just... It's just confusing, kind of, just... See how one guy can be so inept, you know, in the beginnings of games, and awesome in the end, and then Rodgers, you know, just... Best quarterback ever You'll see him come out Just tear a team apart And then in the second half Never becomes as bad as Flynn was In the first half But just You know A regular guy Instead of Superman Mm -hmm. Alright so let's bring this back down Because the Green Bay Packers Despite an impressive win yesterday uh, All time great Packers moment That's going to be Remembered for years to come They didn't really win anything yesterday Other than the right to keep playing Meaningful football games If Detroit loses tonight That changes everything both they and the Chicago Bears will control their own destiny going forward. But I guess regardless of what you think is going to happen with Detroit and this team's playoff uh, possibilities and scenarios going forward, does yesterday's win change your opinion of this team at all?
0: I guess I would say no overall, but it was really nice. It kind of reminded me a little bit of 2011, when, or uh, 2010 I should say, when you know, some of our stars made plays. I mean, it reminded me of what Clay Matthews and like Sam Shields and Tremont Williams can do out there, mm-hmm. uh, which we hadn't seen in a while. And I don't know, I still think the defense is bad. I guess it really overall doesn't. I guess I'm just feeling so positive about the team right now that I feel like they could go in and beat anybody. But, mm-hmm. um, especially with Rodgers coming back, I feel like there's no way they can lose either of the last two games. But I, it, you know, there's probably a, a good chance that they, they, they might and that they will lose at least one of the next two, even with Rodgers. But mm-hmm. I I guess it doesn't change my opinion a whole lot. I like the momentum they get from the game, and I like that they're still alive. And I, I honestly like their chances to get into the playoffs, but I don't know if I think the team's necessarily any better than I did a week ago.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I tend to agree. I'm feeling better about these guys. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team by any means, but... You know, it, it's it's one of those games where you're like, wow. You know, maybe I was too hard on some of these guys, or thought maybe a little less of them than I should have. They clearly have heart. They clearly have talent. They played really hard for Matt Flynn. They played really hard for Mike McCarthy, who himself too, you know, he didn't yell at the team or call them a bunch of bums during halftime. All he said is, come in. He said, this is the most adversity that we've ever faced together. Let's do something special. And and that's awesome. I can imagine that's that what ma- that's part of what makes guys come out and play hard for this guy, uh, even when things are down. But I still think that defense is horrible. And you know you're not going to come back from down. Ask the Indianapolis Colts how playing bad in the first half and trying to come back works on a week to week basis. Right. Um, it gets you slaughtered a lot of times. And they've done that a lot recently. Granted, they probably wouldn't do it with Aaron Rodgers in there. But I just don't think this defense is good enough. Um, I think Rodgers being back changes everything, but he is still, if this team is going to win a Super Bowl or make any kind of playoff run, he's going to have to be perfect, and not only is he going to have to be perfect, he's going to have to be perfect at like a historically good level. He's going to have to be, you know, Joe Flacco last year, as, as goofy as that sounds, he's going to have to be 12 touchdowns, no picks for the playoffs kind of kind of game to be able to get this team to a Super Bowl, and... There's a team playing up in the Pacific Northwest that is the fewest points allowed, fewest yards allowed, fifth highest scoring team in the NFL, second in rushing, uh, ninth in passing touchdowns, that um, more so than any of these other teams that we've seen in recent years, this almost feels like a 90s team with a ridiculous home field advantage where a lot of these kind of wins you feel like People probably felt in 93 when Favre had a big comeback to beat the Saints or that they had a big rally to beat the Falcons in 94. But a part of you is thinking, what's the point? Because the road is going to end in Dallas or San Francisco. So none of this is going to matter. And that's kind of how it feels with Seattle looming in the, in the horizon.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess really the only solace you could take is that, um, if the Packers do make the playoffs, they're going to be division winners and
1: so they can that, come get whooped by uh, the San Francisco 49ers in the first round.
0: Yeah, that's possible. But at this, they could also end up playing. I'm trying to think of who else is the Carolina would be the other wild card, or no? Carolina it would be Carolina or New Orleans would be the other options.
1: Um. um well, yeah. No. Uh, well, yeah. If New Orleans or Carolina swap, there's also an yeah. outside shot they could play the Arizona Cardinals.
0: Okay, which which obviously we would take that over any yeah. of the others. But um, you know, I don't think they match up terribly against Carolina and. You know, in a shootout against New Orleans, you never know what could happen. But likely, they would not have to see Seattle in the second round.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they'd be the hold... three seed, likely, especially beating Dallas. Yeah. Um, losing to Philly, uh, well, I, I don't know. If, if Philly could lose to the Bears, I I don't know. It's possible that that East winner is going to be 9-7. and seven. Sure. Um,
0: so, well... It, I guess there's at least an opportunity that you don't have to go through that because you're winning the division and you won't be a wild card team. So you would at least hopefully get a shot to play either New Orleans or Carolina, Mm -hmm. um, Going to New Orleans isn't great, but um, you know maybe better than the alternative. So maybe you have a shot to get on a little run, win a couple of games, and then see Seattle in the championship game or hope somebody takes them out for you.
1: Who's gonna um, Who's gonna take them out though? And I think that's the thing that worries me. Is the only team that really I have any confidence in going in there and taking them out is. Probably San Francisco, yeah. and their two games they've played with Kaepernick at uh, CenturyLink Field, they've lost by a combined 71 to 17.
0: Yeah, it's been ugly. Um, but I mean, we we say this every year, and mm-hmm. these teams always lose. Really, I mean, mm-hmm. look at the 11 Packers. I mean, there was no way this team didn't get to the Super Bowl, and they lose in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were even more convincing of a team than the Seattle Seahawks team is. That they've they've been a dud on some mm-hmm. weeks, and they showed up against like Tampa Bay and. In the games that they've lost too So I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're not invincible So,
1: But this I mean, team's this different every, they're, they're, yeah. Their strength All of these teams that we've seen get bounced In like the last 10 years When we didn't expect them Are all offensive oriented teams This team's destroying teams that's on true. defense And I think that's the part that scares me Number one in yards, the fewest yards allowed Number one in fewest points allowed That's only happened a handful of times In the history of the Super Bowl era
0: yeah, yeah, and I agree. That defense is, is not gonna be like run over or anything, but I think we've seen it on times where the, their offense gets kinda stagnant, and sure. the, the Packers seem to somehow ma- match up kinda well against them, or at least mm-hmm. in the, the few times that we've seen it, so. Yep. Uh, and I think a team like the Saints could too, maybe. You know, you, you can hold their offense down enough that you can maybe score 20 points and win. So, you know, it, it's, again, like you said, they're the favorites, they're, they're the go-away favorites, I mean, they're, they're in all likelihood going to be in the Super Bowl, but there's always a chance that the Packers could maybe make a run without even having to go there, because I don't I don't think there's a whole lot of a chance they go into Seattle and win.
1: Yeah, um, you still would like to see them get that try, I guess. Um yeah, it'd be
0: fun. I mean, what do you got to lose at that point? You feel like you're playing with house money. You go into Seattle, nobody expects you to win. I mean, that, those are the kind of games where maybe you let loose and you let it fly and come out with a W.
1: Yeah, and as much as it would be awesome, part of me—not right now, but maybe over the summer—I don't. I wouldn't feel bad. I'm I'm not going to try to pretend like I'm a good enough fan of NFL history that I would feel bad in the least if the Green Bay Packers went up and beat Seattle in Seattle after you know a 14 and two team that's been destroying everybody. But part of me wonders what the heck it's going to take for somebody to go coast to coast as the best right. team in the NFL if Seattle doesn't do it this year. That is that era over completely? of dominant teams that even for one season can exist in a bubble where they're just better than everybody else and put it all together for four straight or five straight months. If Seattle can't do it this year, I'm questioning whether it can ever be done ever again.
0: <laughs> and it will, obviously. It'll happen again. But it's just, there's so much parity that you can't be good at everything, so it's you're always going to get exposed. I mean, a team like Denver, even more so this year, their offense might be fantastic, but all of a sudden their defense is terrible mm-hmm. and they're probably going to lose a game 45- to. 40 in the playoffs, or maybe Payton doesn't show up because it's cold outside, and, <laughs> and they put up 10 points. I'm not going I mean,
1: out there, Coach Fox. It's just, <laughs> it's a little chilly.
0: So, I I just think it's, everything's too close, and that even teams like Seattle, compared to a team like maybe, say, Arizona,
1: mm-hmm. although
0: Seattle's great, I mean, they're not separated by that much in any given game,
1: Sure,
0: anything could happen. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's not like it was in the 90s. I still think Seattle's the best team in the NFL, but I mm-hmm. think the odds of them getting upset are so much greater than they were back before, you know, salary capper or or today's NFL.
1: Sure. That's a good point. I mean, watching the saints try to beat the 49ers in the mid nineties was like watching, you know, Ohio state play Youngstown state. I mean, it,
0: There was no chance.
1: No, exactly. I mean, you were shocked when you'd see on the bottom of the screen that the Arizona Cardinals were even a touchdown away from the Cowboys. I mean, so, yeah, it it is a different world. But, um, you know, and and I guess that's okay. As as much as there's people like me that like to be able to spend time debating the merits of one team from one era versus one from another, uh, when you're actually experiencing it, you know, it's, it's more fun to talk about who was better, the 85 Bears or the 89 49ers, but when you were in the league that you're rooting for a team who is losing to the 49ers by 50 points every week, right. it probably wasn't as much fun as we're having right now. They were dreaming of an NFL that's as wide open as the one we get to watch. All right, um, do we want to go to our Facebook comments? Uh, I know we put up a question there earlier today, yeah, and we've had some nice... Here. Okay, do you want to read those?
0: Uh, we asked the question 10 hours ago here. That off the heels of one of the most exciting regular season wins in Packers history, how are you feeling? Uh, did yesterday change your opinion of this team? And will they make the playoffs? If so, do they have a chance to do anything? And we actually had three um, nice comments on this here, so I'll kind of go through those quick. Uh, Brian Dinsey says being on a roll like roll this late in the season is a good thing for the Packers. However, the gaps on defense and uncertainty of how consistent the offense can be with or without Rodgers makes it as is a certainty of getting bounced in the first round. So he said a lot of the same things we said, but he said it's a certainty of us getting bounced in the first round. So
1: I won't say certainty. I'm <laughs> I'm as cynical as anybody about the, you know, h- how good of a chance this team has if they make the playoffs, but certainty is very strong. Most of the guys on this team have a Super Bowl ring.
0: Right, right. Um, Bethany Drew says it was nice to see a comeback. Obviously, Dallas helped us with that quite a bit, but we took advantage of those blunders, added great drives of our own, and made a beautiful effort as a team. I still don't have much faith in our defense on a consistent basis. It does seem, though, that when they get going, they can stay going. I don't know what to say about Flynn. He's an enigma. I like that he's that he purposely gets us in the hole and then says, "Sweet, that's enough. come back time." There's something that happens to him in Green Bay that doesn't happen anywhere else. I want Rodgers back, but I'm still wary about our defense. Long story short, that game was so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, nothing really to argue with there.
1: No, kind of what we talked about with Flynn, too, is it does just seem that he kind of flips that switch when he's in the hole, and we talked about why that might happen, but certainly agree with that last part. I haven't had that much fun watching Packers football since Super Bowl 45. Absolutely.
0: Um, And then the last one here. Hayden Fleming says, such a great win. I have much more confidence in the defense after seeing them in the second half. Despite Romo being the blame for the two picks, the mere fact that the team managed to take advantage of the turnovers and get points on the boards is a great boost. Still, this team needs to show consistency on both sides of the ball and not only play their hearts out when their backs are against the wall. If Capers keeps his job, this game will be the reason why, which I think is a very good point there aside. Um, Lacey played a great game as usual, and Flynn showed he has great poise while under fire. If Rogers returns next week, we have a good shot. If Flynn is the man, I have my doubts, but a playoff berth is still not completely out of reach. However, I do not think we have a good enough a good shot against teams like Carolina or San Francisco in the wild card. If we cannot beat the likes of the Bengals or 49ers with a healthy Rogers, the road to the Super Bowl would be a dead end for the Packers. Um, so I think he, He hit on a lot of really good points there. I think this is the kind of boost of a game that, unfortunately, even if they don't make the playoffs, might be enough to kind of keep everybody around. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Unfortunately, perhaps.
0: But as much as, uh, I mean, he kind of brings us back down to earth here. I think as good as we're all feeling, we have to remember that this team did lose to, um, you know, some of these other teams earlier in the year and did not look very impressive doing it. Mm -hmm. So I guess we can just maybe hope this momentum carries forward and they play better. But, I mean, even with Rodgers at full strength, um, we weren't playing super well early in the year either.
1: Yeah, and one of the things I want to touch on that he mentioned there was kind of maybe on a more positive note is that we've had so much talk nationally about how bad the Cowboys were. Somebody actually mentioned if you were watching ESPN, you might be excused if you didn't know who the Cowboys lost to just by how much yeah. they were talking about the Cowboys just choking. Not much mention that the Green Bay Packers were the team to beat them. And I agree a ton where Tony Romo had the two picks in the second half, but they were able to capitalize on him, and not many people outside of Wisconsin are giving them much credit for it, especially the Sam Shields one. They talk about it like he threw the pick and then Lacey scored. He threw the pick at like the, what, it was like at midfield and Flynn got him down to the one-yard line in, like, six plays. Right. I mean, just right down the field. And then they were able to score with not much time left. But certainly Dallas gave them those chances. But it's not like they're turning the ball over and fumbling it inside their own ten-yard line. The Packers still had to have They had three 80-yard touchdown drives in the second half. I don't know if I've ever seen that.
0: Right, and not to mention, I mean, Sam Shields, Romo threw a, a behind throw there. But he might be the only cornerback in the NFL that makes that play. Yeah. Um, with the catch-up that catch-up speed was incredible I mean you just see him come out of nowhere and then to have the hands to make that catch Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if anybody else does that so I mean give him some credit too it was it was a bad throw but um, you know if it's anybody else out there it's probably a touchdown or you know a dropped interception
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and I guess the only thing I can sort of hope is if Aaron Rodgers comes back healthy and they have a chance they still very well and I'm almost expecting it are could lose to the Bears on the last week of the season. Um, especially if that game is for the division, that's going to be a hard one to win. And they're certainly not, I don't think the favorites to win that game in Chicago in that scenario, but. We seem to have their numbers. Well, that's true. And, you know, the only time they've beaten us is on Monday Night Football, (laughs) you know, since Aaron Rodgers has been quarterback, but I, and I hope it doesn't make him press, but gosh, with Flynn doing this and how many times he sat behind Brett doing stuff like this, it's, he is just gonna be remembered like Steve Young as just being a really, really good quarterback. Quick, outside of the Terrell Owens play, name me one notable Steve Young game. There's yeah, none. <laughs> and, I wonder if Aaron just, this is Aaron's chance to go down with the Lombardis and the Fars and the Bart Stars of Packer history. He's right now simply one of the best quarterbacks in history. He could go down as a folklore legend if he comes off an injury and does something special with this team.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Yeah, if if he could somehow carry this team to a victory, I mean, he might be already considered, you know, I don't want to say best quarterback in Packer history, but it's pretty darn close.
1: Well, yeah, and, you know, it depends on how you define it. I don't. I I like to say Bart Starr is the yeah, best ever, but yeah, I still ever, give
0: him the star here. In, you know, unless Rogers can get a couple more.
1: But I've only seen one of his games beginning to end. Uh, pretty much everything else I've seen of Bart Starr is all highlights. And he's got some pretty bad seasons in there. He had the, the second Super Bowl year he had like 8 touchdowns and 15 picks or something like that. So, but whatever, we don't need to get into that. But it's kind of just funny. I know we talked about this already, but it's just sort of funny. Matt Flynn has maybe the strangest career of anybody in yeah, NFL history. Does. Is he a, whole, uh, would you put him in the Packer Hall of Fame just on what he's done in his short time here?
0: Well, I mean, he's probably going to have his jersey up in a few spots for the games that he's had, because, <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's had some of the most legendary games, and I mean, he had the sixth touchdown game, and then he has yesterday. Um, yeah, no,
1: tied for all the individual single-game passing records, and the tied for largest comeback in franchise history.
0: Right, so I don't think the player himself <laughs> will be in the <laughs> Packer Hall of Fame, but I think he'll be mentioned a whole bunch.
1: Yeah, and I wonder if... Uh... <laughs> I wonder how Aaron feels about that. And I know he would never tell you, and he he likes Matt Flynn uh, as a person, clearly. But I wonder deep down how he feels about uh, some of the stuff Matt Flynn's done.
0: Well, do you know what I have to say to him, then? Um, As South Park would say, I say, what are you going to (laughs) do?
1: There you go. We'll leave it at that. (laughs) Alright, so what are they going to do, or what is he going to do? Hopefully play against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday, which is a late game on uh, CBS, I think. For some reason, CBS is not looking at the standings and still putting Pittsburgh on my TV far too much. I uh, seem to see, I feel like I've seen at least ten Steeler games this year, and they're just not very good or entertaining to watch at all. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna be on national TV with them again next week. And, or I think we are, I don't know, that's the late game, maybe there's something else that's been put there But, um, I guess, maybe your opinion changes a little bit about Matt Flynn But what are your thoughts uh, about that game coming up? Because, quite honestly, I don't really know what to expect at all
0: Yeah, and I've I've got confidence if Rodgers plays, but I just I th- I think Pittsburgh is average And I think Rodgers coming off this injury If he does play, obviously, it's a different story If he doesn't again mm-hmm. um, but, but I think a Rodgers-led Packer team Comes away with a pretty easy victory here mm-hmm. The Steelers have really nothing left to play for I mean, did you see the stadium last night? It, why was it so empty? I didn't watch most, much of the game But I, I turned it on and there was nobody in the stands
1: yeah, I don't know. I feel like a lot of those stadiums, like the Browns felt that way too. Like Brian Billick's like, they always sell out here. And then they pan out, there's like 30,000 yeah. people there. I don't know. Maybe there was just a lot of people wearing yellow shirts.
0: No, they showed the stands and there was literally like
1: nobody there.
0: And, I mean, they were winning too, which you would never see that in Green Bay. I don't care what the weather is. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, I don't know if they've got the same mentality as their fans, but their fans have clearly checked out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if that wasn't a Sunday night football game, it probably would have been blacked out, I would think, from
1: the <laughs> looks of it. So, yeah. um, Unless there was just yeah, that I mean, many they're... no-shows, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's so many of these teams, uh, the Packer fans have, and maybe the Packer fans haven't proven it either, but it feels like there's a lot of teams like the Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers, where they just say, they're great fans, they'll show up no matter what, and right. my thought is... Yeah, that's easy to say now when there's been a whole generation of people, for Pittsburgh's case, in Dallas' case, two generations of people that have never known them to be a consistent loser. Mm -hmm. You know, Throw out a couple of Cleveland Browns decades and see how fast those uh, stadiums become empty.
0: Right. Yeah, and I don't know if they're even still mathematically alive. I know they're two games back with two games to play. I don't know what the tiebreakers are offhand, but... I don't think
1: so because Miami is eight and six now, and they have a head-to-head tiebreaker. So I think they're probably out of it.
0: Okay, so so if they're you know completely out of it, you know maybe they rest some guys and you know I I think if Rogers plays, I think this should be a fairly easy game for them. Obviously, it's not a team you want to overlook because they're still good enough to beat you. Obviously, but Mm -hmm. um, you know I I don't know if we're doing scores right away here, but I don't think their defense is very good, and I would say uh, maybe like. 34-20 34-20 Green Bay.
1: That's with Rodgers playing? With Rodgers playing,
0: yeah. I, I don't think they win without Rodgers. I don't think they have the magic left in them to, to pull <laughs> another one off without him.
1: Yeah, and I almost wondered if they're going to be just exhausted after this game. Like, they were talking in their quotes after the game like they had won the Super Bowl. And Mike McCarthy himself said it took him everything in his power to not just break down and cry in the locker room. And I'm glad that they're so... You know, happy and they should be proud of what they've done yesterday, especially given what they've gone through this year. But, you know, you still gotta play six days later or seven days later. And I'm wondering if there's gonna be somewhat of a letdown. And if, if Matt Flynn is still in there, there's definitely gonna be a letdown, I would think. If Rodgers comes back, then all that goes away. The energy comes back for a new reason. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: but, I, I think too there there can be a letdown, but there also has to be that feeling that you can't let that go to waste too. I mean, you are so close to the to the end of the regular season here. If you can somehow harness that that energy and, and use it in the right way, I mean, usually you will see a team with a letdown after a game like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, hopefully, whether it's Flynn or Rogers, hopefully they can use that in a positive way and kind of carry that momentum.
1: Sure, that's that's a good point, and um. I think with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be that easy because I think there's going to be some rust, but uh, I think Pittsburgh is not very good offensively. I think they'll turn it over a bunch. Uh, Roethlisberger, especially when there's not much on the line, just seems to be Eli Manning-like and just just try to make some plays, and if it doesn't work out, so be it. So I think that I think they can beat him. I don't know if it'll necessarily be as high a scoring as you said, so I'll say something like uh, 27-17 Packers if Rodgers plays. I think if Rogers doesn't play, that kinda is a lot different. I think that defense is scary enough where they could rough up Matt Flynn a little bit, but I still think if Eddie Lacey has a decent day, I think they could win that too just because of the, the nature of Pittsburgh's offense. So, I think if Flynn plays, they can still win, but I'll say it'd be 27, or I mean, sorry, 20 to 17. Okay. Uh, one last thing I just saw here actually before we wrap up is that uh, Caleb actually uh, Caleb Pike actually gave us a message on Facebook that he wanted us to debate. And uh, real quick, he said the AFC, th- this was before the games on Sunday. The AFC has only one team eliminated from the playoff race, but the only spots up in the air are the wild cards. Meanwhile, the NFC has several divisions still up in the air, plus wild cards that could play out a bunch of different ways. Do you prefer a more exciting race going into the playoffs if it means some crappy teams getting in, or would you rather see a boring December that leads to better playoff matchups? Granted, I think this is assuming that the Packers don't have the best chance of making it, but how do you feel about, uh, I guess, what do you prefer, the December chaos or the epic uh, main event level playoff matchups?
0: Well, I guess that's what there's two conferences for, because you can get a little <laughs> bit of both. I mean, I, I definitely prefer to see the big playoff matches, matchups, I guess. Um, but it is kind of nice to see a couple of crappy teams scrambling for one last spot, too. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm more of a playoff guy, so I'll take, you know, I'll take it maybe uh, things being wrapped up going into the last week to get some some really good matchups.
1: Yeah, and I think I would agree. And the NFC certainly looks like it's going to be that way for the most part. The I don't know, I, I feel like there's... N- I don't know what I would call a great playoff matchup in the AFC other than the Broncos against the Patriots, and I don't think New England's very good. And I was looking at Tom Brady, and he only has 23 touchdown passes this year, which is wow. so below what he's been doing the last five or six years. And, you know, the, the Broncos got schmucked at home by the San Diego Chargers, so I don't know how good they are necessarily either. Um, Yeah, so... I think I'm I'm with you, but at the same point, I I don't know if I can discern one from the other necessarily with some of the level of the teams that are playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully that sort of answers your question. All right, so we're both hoping that Aaron Rodgers comes back and that the Packers. Well, those that's the most obvious ending ever. We hope the Packers <laughs> win and that Rodgers plays the end. Um, but uh hopefully, I don't know. Do you have anything else to to add, Matt? Go
0: Ravens, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, good point. Uh, do you think the Lions will uh, win tonight or not? Uh,
0: no. I'm gonna say no. They're not gonna win tonight. I think I think the Ravens have too much big game pedigree, and the Lions always seem to kind of I don't know. They kind of blow these games here and ones sure. that they should probably win, at, like a game at home here. So I'm gonna say just based on that, I, I and it's wishful thinking, but I think the Ravens win.
1: If they lose and the Packers somehow win this division, how much are Bears fans, Lion fans, and Vikings fans are going to absolutely hate themselves because of right. what's happened this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you don't win it this year, when are you going to win it? I think Jim Schwartz is fired if they don't win the division
1: this year. I think they should all be fired and all relocate and change their names, the other three teams <laughs> in the division. but
0: Yeah, that's embarrassing if they don't.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully that happens, and then we can uh, go play the, the Portland somethings and the uh, Richmond what's-its and the Tallahassee something or others. So that would be fun, huh? Okay, so I clearly don't have any idea how to end this show, so I'm just going to end it hard here. And, uh, Matt, uh, have a good week.
0: Yeah, you too.
1: <laughs> All right, thanks. <laughs> um, we'll see everybody next time, and uh, if you got a chance, go seek out this game again, because it's worth another viewing. Uh, one of the best games we'll probably ever see. So until next week, have a... whatever, I'm, I'm just going to end it. Take care, everyone. <laughs>